0: Everything's coming up to Timberwolves, yeah, yeah in the soul. Simple dedication to the team when you're in the know Timberwolves, yeah, yeah, in the soul, lifting all the positivity for the wolves to grow. So, where we going from here, man? We listen week to week to get the clearest to clear recaps, got that, South Cap, got that team ads got that, so tell me what they do not have, huh? Question to ask, but I don't mean to go brag. But boy, they got all the stats, and they could go all the way back from KG to Zerbiac. And all I'm saying is that the cast, a one stop shot for my timber, timber wolves, timber wolves. Ain't a thing falling, everything's coming up. Timber wolves, timber wolves. Falling from the autumn, ain't nobody gonna stop him. It's the timber wolves, timber wolves. Phonies, you can spot them, they the sheep under their clothes. Timber wolves, timber about
1: them. y'all don't really, really know. Let's go. Welcome in to another Everything's Coming Up Timberwolves podcast. My name is Gabe Anderson, and we are at the beginning of a brand new season, right? Pretty much getting very close to a brand new season. And I'm joined as always by Chris Emerson. Chris, how we doing? Doing good, doing good. Awesome. And we're of course, we're always joined by Jared Good. Jared, how we doing? Uh, doing wonderful, getting really excited for
2: uh, basketball right around the corner, man. I mean, we're like a week away now almost, so yeah, absolutely. Oh, it's always fun to like get into the swing of things at the beginning of the season and uh, have fresh life, especially for a Wolves fan who had a promising uh, end of the season but knew we weren't going anywhere, so it's good to have a fresh start and see what we can do this year.
1: Absolutely, and we have some special guests. Uh, tonight we are joined by Leroy Leroy how you doing All right all right man excited
3: about the season I can't believe has, has the off season uh did that happen <laughs> <laughs>
4: basketball. nothing really
1: <laughs> And we are also joined by Donovan Trump. Donovan how you doing
4: I'm doing great man I can't wait for next Wednesday
1: uh, Yeah we're we're close to it we're recording this on a Tuesday night not sure when you're seeing this but we are getting closer and closer to the season, so let's let's just jump right into it. We got a bunch of stuff to talk about. This is the season preview, we're going to call it. Uh, so let's just get right into it with the first question: Where do you think the Wolves finish in the West, and why? And we'll we'll start with you, Chris. What do you think? Where do you think we finish in the West?
5: Um, I'm just going to go with uh, roster as is. Um... I would say ninth. Okay. I' say eighth. I'll say eighth because I think at the end of the year they're gonna start playing NAS at the four, and that'll push us up.
1: <laughs> I like that. I like that. Uh, let's go Leroy. What, what do you think? Where do we finish in the west? this uh, was this was a this was an interesting one for me. All right, so let me uh,
3: think about all right, I got a couple things. I think Dallas is gonna go down a notch this year. So that opens up things a little bit um however golden state with clay back you gotta right. they're gonna win a few more games without a doubt that's no questions asked there top four um, probably yeah yeah I, I can i can see them you know i think last year they were near 40 they'll be closer to 45 50 this year with clay coming back if uh, that timeline's right so i think i think the wolves will win i pretty easily 35 games i This team's competitive. Um, They can win any game that they play. They're that talented. I think that, you know, it's going to come down to can they get stops? And that's really going to be the theme of the year is can they get stops when they need stops. Um, I think offensively we just have so many weapons. When you look at Noel, when you look at Nas Reed, when you look at Cat, D'Lo, Ant, I mean McDaniel's. These these guys are, I think, you couldn't ask for more offensive firepower. Uh, We have so much on the offensive end. I think that carries us. But the question is, can D'Lo stay on the floor and get stops? Um, Can McDaniel's stay on the floor and get stops? He's, you know, if if we're gonna play Cat McDaniel's next to each other, it's gonna be tough. But then if you play Reed, you know, you also the perimeter issue right so i i I think it all comes down to defense for the wolves this year and um you know cat said it just a couple of days ago you know it's
1: time to stop talking and walk it so we'll see Mm -hmm. uh donover what do you what do you think where in your mind where the wolves finish in the west
4: probably somewhere around the nine seed they should be contending for a play-in game they should end up somewhere around the 500 mark I think Leroy nailed that. This is it's all going to come down to if they can get stops, and I am a little more optimistic about that this year. When you add guys like Patrick Beverly, and you've already seen the impact he's had on this team, especially defensively, I, it's that's what it's all going to come down to. Mm-hmm.
1: I agree, Jared. What do you think? So,
4: I'm going to be a little bit
2: higher than you guys, um, but not
4: not by a ton.
2: Um, As the roster sits, I'm going to say six to seven seeds. So, kind of in that same range. Um, But you guys know me and you guys know what I'm all about. So, I'm all about that uh, Ben Simmons possibility. Um, And I think if we land something like that, um, I think that elevates this team to a four or five seed. So, um, I, I, I do feel like this team is going to have a lot of success this year. Um, you know, only a Timberwolves fan would talk about the preseason, and I'm a Timberwolves fan, so I'm going to talk about the preseason. But, hey, we're 3-0 right now, you know, in the preseason. Um, D-Lo looks phenomenal right now in the preseason from the little bit of snippets that I've seen. I haven't watched a ton of preseason basketball. I don't Don't get me wrong. I'm not lining up on a on a Wednesday night to watch watch the Timberwolves play a preseason game. Um, but – Check them out. Uh, it it uh, get
3: him
4: off the podcast.
3: <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> it,
4: it it definitely
2: uh, it definitely is is looking promising for the Timberwolves. Um, I'm I'm very excited with what I've seen, um, especially with D'Lo. I mean, D'Lo has looked unbelievable in the in the first three preseason games, in my opinion, from the little bit of that I've watched. Um, and that's very promising because because we have kind of talked about um whose team this is going to be and my answer was kind of whoever grabs the microphone at the end of at the at the press game conference at the end of the press game um whoever grabs the microphone that's who teams whose team it's going to be and and to me Dilo kind of looks like he's about ready to make that leap to be like hey if this ain't going to be anybody else's team I got that it factor and it's going to be my team and that's kind of like even even through preseason, which is kind of crazy to talk about uh, a guy meaning so much in preseason, but uh, D'Lo has looked absolutely incredible this uh, preseason.
1: Yes, he has, he has looked good, and I think when it comes down to D'Lo, it's just it, it honestly just comes down to if he's hitting his shots. Like it really like he he, he does more. He he's a crafty passer as well, but it, a lot of it comes down to just hitting his shots. Uh, for me. I, I got him in the eight-nine range. I just looking at, at, at the Western Conference, it's so tough. I mean, Utah, uh, Phoenix, Denver, LA, LA, both LA's. They're both gonna be there. Uh, it could go either way with Dallas. I don't know, but Luca keeps doing his thing. Portland's always there, and then and then you get down to the play right? So you got the Lakers, which they're gonna move up, like for sure. They'll absolutely move up. This year they're not going to be back in the play-in unless there's injuries again. Memphis Golden State. Now, I think Golden State goes up, uh, particularly with play Thompson coming back. Uh, I, I think I think they move up. And I, I don't know. I see us eight, nine because I don't think the Spurs are gonna do anything this year. Uh, particularly with the Rosen gone, Aldridge gone. I um yeah, I, I don't I don't see them doing much. Uh so yeah, I got eight-nine range, the play-in game. Now, do you guys and anyone can answer this, do you guys like the play-in format or would you rather be fighting for an eight seed?
2: I'll start first. I, I love the play-in format just because it extends the playoffs in a way, and and I, I kind of spoke upon this uh, last year. When a team like like the Wizards, I, I don't remember how they did when they got there, but like that's an exciting team that you want to see play in a play-in game. Like you have – You have, you know, Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook against the world. They can't play defense, but boy, they're exciting to watch on offense, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that was was kind of something that I loved about the play-in format. Um, Outside of that, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's just one of those things where, like, you see a team that you know isn't going to normally make the playoffs, but if they get to that 10 seed could have a nice, exciting game. Yep. Go ahead, Chris.
5: Even more than the playoffs, I kind of like it because it extends a regular season. I mean, we saw last year there was Mm -hmm. high-end teams that were playing hard the last four or five games for seeds, you know. Mm -hmm. So there's been times, you know, I I play fantasy basketball, and there's times when the last couple weeks of the season, all the stars are being sat. Like, it's just really hit or miss on who's going to be playing, but it got to be, you know, live or die by one or two games um, to either make or not make the play, plan, you know, to try to get a sure spot in the playoffs opposed to do the plan. So I like it. It keeps people hungry, and I like it when those old vets got to play hard all the whole season. That was good to see <laughs> the Lakers do that. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. See, see I, I don't think um, – I, I, I don't like it, right? I, I don't like it for this very simple reason. I feel like the little like break, the little window between in the last 10 games of the season, that little breather that everybody gets, it is for me it's refreshing. I like the idea of guys working hard all year, getting their seed set. Once you're at 6, you're at 6, you're in the playoffs. All right, now it's time to rest, play some of the young guys, you know, we get to see some of the young guys get out there on the floor, right? Um it's kind of like uh, in baseball where you know you throw all the prospects out at the end of the year just to get them right. see what you got, see what you're working with. I, I like that. I like the I like the older guys getting refreshed and then going into the playoffs hard, refreshed, ready to go, rather than fighting and you know, I
1: don't know. Tired legs. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Jared.
2: Yeah, you know, so it's it's funny that you bring up baseball because I was just going to make this point. You know, one thing that I hate about baseball is they play 162 uh, game regular season schedule, and then you have a one game wild card. Like, dude, you play so many games just to be in that spot, and then be eliminated in one game. And I absolutely hate that. And I kind of think, I I believe the NBA is, is kind of similar. Like the ten seed, if they win, they have to win twice or something like that. I, I don't remember the exact format, but I believe that's what it is. Um, and, and, and I hate that you play so so many games to have it all come down to to one game, basically. So I, I don't like that part of the of the play in format.
1: Although I, I'll come back. You were talking about the ten seed, but you're a ten seed. Yeah, yeah. If you're a ten seed, you, you wouldn't have anything to play for anyway. So it's almost like more life. I, I'm thinking more for like the seven seed or the eight seed that has to play for their life. It's a right. it's a little different. Like uh, for example, like 2017, the Jim Jimmy Butler year. Imagine if the Wolves. Well, first of all, that that Denver Minnesota game wouldn't have been for as much because it would have just been for who's eight nine and who's who's nine eight. So yeah. Um, so that that wouldn't have happened. Um And yeah, so we wouldn't have had a I mean, maybe we would have beat. Who do we have had to beat? Who was the who was the seventh seed in 2017? It wasn't like the Suns or no, it wouldn't be the Suns um,
5: trailblazers, maybe?
1: Yeah, probably. Know. the tra- So we'd have to beat the trip, beat the trailblazers or and then probably had to play Denver again to make the playoffs. So I mean, it, it's a whole it's a whole different thing because we don't play well against the trailblazers. We know that. So
5: we don't play very good versus anybody <laughs> except, except the Jazz last year. Yeah, for some reason.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, so, oh, go go ahead, Leroy.
3: Well, and I, just one last point. I like the marketability of that that last stretch. Right? You get you know who's playing who. You can start marketing that stuff. Fans can start getting excited about it. Like I really like the buildup to the playoffs. It is like. You know, like the the counting the days and, you know, yeah. finally it's here and you're ready to go. I like that a lot. I really
1: appreciate that. part. Yeah, no, I, I do, too. I do, too. So let's move on to this. And you guys can all take a stab at this. Do you think the Wolves still have a big move on them, in them? And I know we've talked about this in past podcasts. I, I know there's one particular big name out there who seems to be uh, getting a lot of media attention. Um, and it might be consoling things with his current team, but who knows what's going on there? Do you think the Wolves still have a move in them? And we'll start with you, Donovan. What do you think? Or do you think the team is just going to be the team that they have right now?
4: I think there's always a slim chance that they make a big move, but right now I don't see one happening. Yeah, I. Yeah, with the core they.
5: Lost him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Anybody else want to go in?
5: I'll say um, what I think might be going on is we're going to have, we have limited assets. We have Beasley. We have all our first round picks and we have expiring contracts in um, Prince, which is like 14 million and Beverly, which is like 14 million. I think what it'll be is those assets will be on the table and if we can get somebody good for that we'll get somebody good for that if we can't we can't like it's kind of like you know going shopping at a garage sale when you're a kid like your mom gives you like a dollar 50 and like you go there and that might get you something really cool or it might get you nothing you know and that's okay. what we have we have about a dollar 50 and it might get us something cool if they're trying to sell. Like, let's say, for example, there's a guy who fits perfectly in the system and his current team completely threw him under the bus and alienated him. And he's hard to fit in with, like, all other rosters and he's still making a lot. Like, if that sort of thing happened, maybe, and you could get him for that $1. fifty, I think we'd do it today. But if somebody else comes with $2... Yeah.
1: Yeah. For sure. Uh let's go back to Donovan. I think uh he's back now.
4: Yeah. Uh Chris kind of nailed it. we don't have that many assets. I think they really believe in the core that they have right now and if they can eventually make a move around mid-season when some teams are more apt to sell than they are now, then yeah, they'll make they'll they'll make a big move. I think they want to make a big move. But it you can't really do anything if guys aren't trying to sell.
1: Right, for sure. Uh, go go ahead, Jared.
2: I, I guess we won't really know until Prince and Beverly become available to be traded. Um, I, I I guess, like, when I look at the offseason, I don't think Prince and Beverly were, like, our offseason moves to the super talented roster that can't play defense. Um, I, I really don't think that that was the – the envision that we had, but you have to remember we had, we've now lost our GM and we have a new GM. Um, I don't know how, fang, how fast things are moving in that office right now. Um, I think that kind of put, pumped the brakes on what we were trying to do um, in the off season. I think that had a big deal uh, or a big, a big emphasis on what we were trying to do. Um, I don't know that um, Kirsten Rosas was just sitting there and then got fired and, and, that was like, okay, we're not going to do anything now. I still think there was stuff in play. Um, So I guess my – I think my short answer is on on a big move is we won't see one until Beverly and Prince become available to be traded because I don't think they can be worked into anything as the roster currently sits. Prince might be able to, but I know Beverly can't for a little bit yet.
3: Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Leroy. Yeah, one of the biggest factors um, is – I don't Philly's not trading without getting a ball handler back. They need a, a point guard. They need, need, need a point guard. They cannot let go of Ben Simmons without somebody who's going to run the offense. Um, so I think one of the biggest, so for me, you know, I, I look at teams like the Hornets. Um, I look at teams like the Celtics uh, teams that are middling, uh, trying to take, take that next step, need shooting, you know, put, uh, or need more shooters on the floor to go with their ball handlers um to be in play for a you know for a three-team trade um the but I think the other aspect that I'm really interested in I'd like to get your guys's um response here is is I think there are going to be more moves than we'd anticipate in most seasons and the reason why because I'm looking at these young kids coming out of out of college right now and they are more skilled than kids coming out even four years ago. When you look at LaMelo, uh, Ja, Zion, uh, I'm sorry, when you look at Ja, Zion, um, some of these draft picks from 2019 and back, they all kind of had flaws in their games. I mean, even Ant had, had this flaw in his game, which was, well, it doesn't really shoot the ball real well. Well, there's mm-hmm. a lot of guys like Sadiq Bey. Um, that kid, uh, the, the, well, Sacramento's last two draft picks were both sensational. and and uh, what's his name?
5: Halliburton and then Halliburton
3: uh, and Mitchell. These guys Mitchell. are complete. And if you're telling me that Halliburton or Mitchell is not an asset you'd like to have in Philly, backing up Ben Simmons or starting, I, I'd take that in a heartbeat. I mean these these kids have complete games. So I think GMs are going to start looking at the future as. You know, something they got to start jumping on earlier rather than later, because these kids are going to sh- I think they're going to show up this season and people are going to be a little bit surprised at how how um, big an impact these young kids are making. So I think that's a factor in in whether or not we are able to make a move, because right, then we can, uh, you know, maybe package one of these young kids who's really shining with, you know, in a three team trade and get get Ben that way or something. I don't
1: know. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Jared.
2: I, th- I think we got to address the elephant in the room here. Um, and that is what is it going to take for the Rockets to move uh, John Wall? Because the, the Rockets are in, in basically full tank mode. And if they can pick up a couple picks through us to get to Philly, I think that that kind of makes sense. I know that contract's horrible, um, it, it's the worst contract in the NBA. But if you put John Wall on the 76ers and you can find the right pieces to make that three team deal move work, I think that makes a lot of sense for the 76ers. It's a horrible contract, it's really bad. But um, I mean, they need a point guard. So, and, and the Rockets are willing to sell and, and bring on future assets because they are in full rebuild mode. So, I feel like Wall is kind of interesting on, on what happens there because I will be very surprised if he is hung on to by the Rockets come week two of the season.
1: Yeah, I agree. But one thing I do want to say about the Rockets Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. could be a nice at court. Like I, okay. I, I like, I like both of them. But uh, go, go ahead, Chris.
5: Um, just to kind of circle back to some of it, Prince can be traded because we actually made that trade. Um, In last NBA season, like it was it was done right at the end of the season specifically. That's why it was so early. It was before the draft, before the new NBA season started. So it was back with last year's COVID rules. So he could be traded really quick, which was why it was interesting to me why we pulled that so fast. And I think the reason was the idea was to try to use that quickly like use that before I think it's October 25th or 20th is when Beverly can be traded. So 10 days away, but um back to the wall thing, I think that Houston will take, um will trade him when literally anybody gives them anything for him.
3: <laughs> I think
5: that, I mean, he's a good player. He still went like 18 and eight or something last year. Like he can play, but um they're not going to pay that contract. And they'd rather have young guys playing. So like, if somebody's, will send them $45 million in expend- expiring contracts or something. We happen to have almost 28 with Prince and Beverly alone. Um, I think they would do that deal in a heartbeat. I mean, I think mm-hmm. they would do anything to get rid of him, really. I mean, and not like he's a bad guy. It's just he's going one direction and the roster's going a different direction, which yeah. is – Kind of like what Leroy was saying, um, looking for a third team, like middle of the season, there's gonna be teams that thought that they were gonna be good. Let's say the Trailblazers, for example. Let's say they keep trying to put something together and it's just not working. You're not going to, you know, be a top, you're not gonna you're not gonna win at all with your roster. You're not. So if they said, screw it, we're gonna blow this up and we're gonna go send Damon Lillard. To you know, the to the to the um, Golden State for something like the Wiseman Kumonga, you know, pool Wiggins package, and then C.J. McCollum is open to be sent somewhere else for you know a couple expiring of ours, and maybe a you know maybe some draft picks, and then we flip him over to Philly. Who knows? I mean, a lot. There's going to be a lot of movement because it's the NBA. And it's like um, you know, there's always movement. There's always crazy stories. It's like a soap opera.
1: Yeah. So let's. So we were just talking about kind of like move uh, potential moves. Let's kind of move into the team that we do have, assuming that um, that they that they stand put. Uh, who? Who do you think? Which new addition do you think makes the biggest impact this year? Like, who who are you most excited to see? I mean, we got Balmero, we got um, we got Prince, we got Beverly. Uh, who who are you guys most excited to see out there? And who do you think makes the biggest impact? And anyone can anybody wants to go first. Why don't we start with you, Leroy?
3: Sure. Um, I mean, it's Pat Bev. It's Pat Bev. Um, this. I think everything that he is, we lack, you know, in in, in terms of um, roster and in terms of attitude, like character, right? Like he's experienced. He he is, uh, you know, hard nosed. He is loud. He does not take crap from shit from anybody. You know, it's just everything we don't have on this roster. He is. So mm. I think he has the most opportunity to make an impact, and. You know, give you give Pat Bev opportunity, what's he gonna do with it? He's gonna he's gonna he's gonna squeeze it, he's gonna dive on the ground for it. Like right? that's that's right. his attitude. So I, I don't see him flubbing the opportunity to make an impact in any way. I just he's never been that type of player. So I, I think I think it's Pat Bev kinda hands down. All right, go ahead, Chris.
5: Um, you know, I'm gonna go the same way. Although man, I was watching Prince play yesterday and he he's faster than I thought. I mean, I know he's you know six seven or whatever, but he was moving quick out there, like he's he looks good. Um, but it's still gonna be pep. pep. And I think a lot of it is, I think he's gonna be able to hold Delo accountable. Mm-hmm. Um, Delo's always kind of been his own thing, you know. And I'm gonna take these 40 foot jumpers with you know 21 seconds in the shot clock, I'm gonna you know, kind of do whatever I want, kind of, kind of vibe. And you're not going to say anything to me because I'm this like melancholy, like, you know, sassy guy. Like, you know, nobody really bothers me. You know, I, I love him, but he's got that vibe to him. And I think, um I don't think Pat Bev is going to stand for that, you know, because he's so professional. So I think he's going to hold even guys like him accountable that, that were kind of a, like Rubio, I don't think could talk, down to D'Lo. I don't think that, I mean, not to pull the race card, but the little Spanish Spaniard talking to D'Lo in the locker room. I don't think that, I don't think that works to be honest. And I think that Beverly being a dude who's been through it and been in the grind. um, I think that, I think it does work. So Mm -hmm. I think it's Beverly and I don't, I mean, I don't know if it's that close.
1: Uh, you you said that Beverly is professional. He's professional until he gets with Chris Paul. Um, <laughs> <laughs> obviously, but yeah. You're um, making uh, it sound
5: like that wasn't intentional. That yeah. might be part of his profession. Some people's profession is exactly that. <laughs> that's,
1: that's a good point. Uh, the best John one ever's profession
3: was exactly that. Sorry to <laughs> <laughs> yes. No,
4: no, you're good. Yes. Beverly just reminds me of, like, the enforcer you would always get back in the day to come protect your stars. Like, I think back to the whole Cat and Bede thing and how, like, nobody came to help Cat when him and Embiid were wrestling around and all that. And I just think that would have never flown with Patrick Beverly on this team. Like, he would have been in there in the mud with both of them. Like, he would have let Ben Simmons get close to cat on that play. Like, it just wouldn't have happened.
5: It would have been like Van Gundy up on Patrick
4: Ewing's leg, dragging Yeah. I think you guys kind of nailed it on what he brings to the team. I'm more curious to see how he's going to rub off on Ant. Because at the end of the day, this is all going to come back to Ant. He's going to be the the one that I think kind of pushes this team to the next level. And getting a hard-nosed pit bull like Pat Beverly, I want to see how – ant reacts to him and if he rubs off on ant a little bit that way and brings that dog out like we've seen ant go to that to that place before we've seen ant hit that next gear can Mm -hmm. pat bev keep him locked in there Mm yep
1: and yeah it's going to be interesting because for all intents and purposes from what we heard ricky rubio was kind of the mentor for ant but maybe um Maybe Beverly can bring something different to the table, a different kind of mentorship, maybe where you can take the next level. Uh, Jared, who are you excited to see? Is it Beverly? Is it Balmero? Is it someone else?
2: So I purposely let everyone else go before me because everybody who knows me knows what my answer is. It's Pat Beverly because he plays defense. Um, that dude is a dog, like like everyone just previously said. He's a professional, and he's he's at a point in his career like – he ain't going to mess around with losing. Like, if we start losing, he's going to be in people's ear. And that's what this team needs. We don't need the, oh, hey, well, we scored 110, but we lost by 10. Like, we don't need that attitude in this room anymore. And that's exactly what Pat Beverly is going to address if if we have that issue. But Pat Beverly plays defense, and that's the biggest problem on the Timberwolves. Um, he's a veteran leader. I think Pat Beverly fits great on this team if he stays. Um, he's one person that um, looking towards like futuristic deals that I would like almost want to keep just because I love him so much. Like mm-hmm. if if Pat Beverly's not on your team, you hate him because he's in everyone's ear. He's always causing problems. He's, you know, like if he's not on your team, he's a guy you hate. Well, guess what? He's on our team. So, so we're all going to love him and enjoy enjoy how he plays the game.
1: Uh, before we go to Leroy, I just want to say um, one thing I love about Patrick Beverly is he's not Jared Jared Culver or Wancho Hernandez. That's <laughs> all we he had to do to get rid to get Patrick Beverly. So, and I'm I'm pretty sure that the Grizzlies got rid of they got rid of Wancho, right? Did they get rid of? Did they no, get rid Culver, of
5: Culver? Culver I saw was shooting 100 percent from three in the preseason.
1: Nice, good for him. Whatever, good rhythm.
5: two uh, or two. Nice.
1: All right, Leroy, go ahead. Jared Culver, I just watched. I just watched the
3: Grizzlies highlights. He airballed the three already this preseason. So
5: well, it was, it was after the first game.
3: It, it was it was terrible. It was the ugliest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, very happy that yeah he's not either of those two. I just wanted to highlight what Donovan said. Man, this is Ant has. Every single, like, chance to be the next just lockdown perimeter defender. And Pat Bev has every key that, like, that you need to, to get there, right? Ant is going to be a two-steals-a-game a guy without a, without a question. Like, mm-hmm. he's long. He's quick. He has every tool that you need to be that guy. And we've already seen glimpses of yes. it, man. That is, I just wanted to ha- highlight Donovan's comment. It absolutely is. I want to see how Pat Bev teaches this kid how to play defense and how to bring it every single night because we all know Pat Bev's idol, it's KG, you know, so.
1: Right. right. Uh, Chris, go ahead.
3: So,
5: um, you know who Pat Bev, on a flip note, you know who Pat Bev really, I think his first idol he said was, was um, Paul Gasol, mm.
2: which mm. is crazy. And you yeah, know what,
5: you Paul Gasol, when he was in Memphis and KG – they weren't that different those dudes were both kind of do it all kind of dogs but um talking about talking about edwards so i was watching the last preseason game and i had never seen him get through screens the way that he i mean again it's preseason and we know that but that's all we have but he was getting through every screen like getting skinny and sliding through like it, it was different man it's different he's playing different um, and a lot of it's a system like we've got a system now that that is using our athleticism and um, we got a chance at being real solid, if not pretty damn good at defense. And uh, I'm excited for that. For, see, we need yep. size. We, st- we are probably the smallest team in the NBA right now. Yeah. So that's not good. Yeah.
1: And let, let, us go, let, us kind of uh, topple our, our kind of, reach on that a little bit so what so we've seen this this off this uh preseason we've seen uh coach Finch kind of mess with different starting lineups and obviously we think I think in general uh, there, there's four guys who will for sure be in the starting lineup but what's well, let's go with what's your ideal starting lineup for this team like who who would you put at, at the fifth spot not not necessarily at the five but the fifth starter. For you, and we'll start with you, Chris. What, what's your ideal starting lineup?
5: Well, are we, are we starting Beasley or McDaniels? In my mind, McDaniels. But okay. if you think we should go
1: Beasley, that's fine too.
5: Um, my, I'm starting Nas Reed, dude. I'm starting Nas Reed. I love it. I, I mean, I would have started him last year. I think with the system we have where – where you're relying on those wings, you're relying on your small forward and your, and your um, shooting guard to be, to be dropping down and, and kind of covering the corner on those threes. I think you can have two bigs. And I do not think we will win more than 25 games if Nas Reed or some other big that's not on our roster doesn't, or maybe, maybe, maybe uh, Vanderbilt, but we need rebounding, dude. We're terrible. We, mm-hmm. Like I said, we're like the smallest team in the NBA, I think statistically, and it didn't help that Cat lost 25 pounds. I mean, it might not hurt, but um, we can't rebound, you know. And we were all excited because we we you know beat the Pelicans by three points, but they didn't have Zion and they didn't have Valanciunas, and that right there is 25 boards. Like, Eas- we, yeah, we. uh man, we're just too light. We're just too little. We got to have size. And I would say if we're not starting Nas Reed, we better be starting Vanderbilt and McDaniels um, or Vanderbilt and um, Prince because rebounding is going to soon be defense where everyone's going to say, that's the big problem. No, no longer will it be defense. It's now going to be rebounding where we're going to get beat 10 to 15
1: rebounds a game, every game, the way it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Donovan, what do you think? Did you agree or what do you think?
4: You got to add some size. And I prefer Nas to Vando. And it's more of an offensive thing for me in that way because Vanderbilt in the post just absolutely kills your spacing offensively. It kills Cats driving, it kills Delo getting to the rack, which he doesn't really love to do, anyways. It kills Ant, which we saw last year when they started packing the paint on him. You can't have a guy like Vanderbilt just sitting short corner, or getting all the way out to the corner because they don't respect it. So I, I would probably lean Nas, and it's mainly because I'm just a giant Nas homer. Like he's a guy I love pre-draft. He's a guy yep. that has obviously put in the work for for what he's become. Uh, I I just think he adds the most offensively. Defensively, he's taken some strides, and I definitely think he does need to work on his rebounding, though.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jared, go ahead.
2: You know, Chris nailed it when he said that this team lacks rebounding. In the short sample size that we've seen this preseason, we've been out-rebounded in the first game by eight, out-rebounded in the second game by 13, and we actually won the rebound battle against the Clippers – but by a minimal margin, but you got to remember
5: minus two all NBA players, mind you.
2: And, <laughs> that's what I was going to get at. Uh, yeah. You don't have Kawhi Leonard who grabs about 15 a game when, he when, when he, when he's in there, you know, like that dude, okay. That might, be little, that might be a little bit, a little bit exasperate, exasperate, but like that dude is, is a beast when it comes comes to being down low and grabbing rebounds. But, um, as far as the power forward position, um, I tend to agree. Um, I think it's going to be a mix of, of Nas and, and Vando. Um, I would love to see Nas. Um, I know we talked about this a little bit last year, um, his conditioning. Um, we we're, we're looking at him getting 25 minutes a game, probably max, like, like he's got a, a little bit of a conditioning issue. Um, but it's ramped up every single year. Like that's something that he's worked on. And I think that's something that's worth uh, talking about. Um, he went from playing like 10 to 15 minutes a game to like 15 to 25, you know, like depending on what on what the team needed. Uh van or uh Nas has worked his, his butt off to be where he's at. And, and he's on the best contract in the NBA, as Chris would say. So uh and and when you look at Vandal, like like I love Vandal's game because he plays defense, which you know, anybody that plays defense on this team, I'm all about. But, like, you can get that off the bench in sporadic things. Like, just because I love defense doesn't mean I think we should start Josh Okoge. Like, <laughs> that's a completely different thing when we're talking about defense. But, like, if you can get it in spurts off the bench, he's the perfect guy for that. So I think you're going to see a mix of Nas and Vando as their current
3: roster sits. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leroy, go ahead. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Jaden McDaniels guy. I think, I think um, Jaden has shown, I think, flashes of what, I th- of where the NBA is going, in my opinion, right? So it's, it's, he's he's got more he's got more of the handle, more of the decision making. I think he's also just a little um, he's got more of the defensive sets down. He, he's in the right place a little more often than Nas, oh, yeah. which I really like. Um, I know I think Nas can can get to where Jaden is, and I, I I definitely agree. We definitely need rebounding. Um, but I, I'm kind of a do what do what you do kind of do what you do kind of guy, and what I think what the Wolves can do with their current roster is they really can give teams uh, serious fits with their athleticism between Jaden and, Ant. um, and then they've got some good shooting. They've got D'Lo, they've got Beasley, they've got. So I would go D'Lo, Beasley, Ant cat Jaden probably um and and that's just because i think that's the that's the lineup that presents the most problems uh the most like modern nba problems like the most the problems that you want to give other teams that lineup gives other teams in terms of uh shooting and stretching the floor and then um getting up and down the court as well so i I think i'd I'd lean Jaden, um but i definitely hear what you guys are saying with Nas he's Mm -hmm. he's not a bad I mean either one I wouldn't be mad at um the only question is I think with Nas is you know how 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 well does he move on the perimeter is the really big question and I get that you know we want to be able to get rebounds but if we can't protect the rim and you know are leaving big guys on an island and you know people are roaming in the paint then we've got other
5: issues mm -hmm. Chris go ahead yeah I mean the problem is, is Nas is a pipe dream in reality because he's never played power forward. He's played like a total of like 30 minutes next to Kat, even though they keep saying we got to do that more. We got to do that more. I mean, I saw a simple pick and roll and Kat and Nas both jumped on the I think it was. Yeah, both jumped on the on the on the roll, on the ball handler and left the uh, zoo box or whatever the big clipper dude was. I mean, he just doesn't know what he's doing as a power forward right now because he doesn't play it. Um, Leroy, would you think – what about this lineup? Um, What about if you had McDaniels and Prince both in there? So I I think Prince is an above-average rebounding small forward. And I think McDaniels is a below-average rebounding power forward, but still like a decent rebounding small forward. So it would be like having two good rebounding small forwards in there. Mm-hmm. Um, you would still have you know decent shooting and, and movement I think that would work
0: Yeah, I mean
5: I, I know that Beasley's put on about 20 pounds it looks like but I don't think that was the kind of weight you want I don't oh. think that's to bulk <laughs> up and rebound so nah. uh, I don't know maybe if he's yeah 20, maybe if he loses 15 to 20 we'll see him in the lineup but right now he's not in my lineup
3: I I mean I think that's a that's like I think that's a great point so I, I completely actually just blanked on Prince but if you if you think about guys who understand defensive concepts yep. right who's going to bring the most value in terms of preventing defensive breakdowns being in the right spot rotating when you need to rotate like Prince is the it choice an open shot. yeah I think you know you don't lose anything and you don't lose much in shooting with Prince out there and you gain a lot defensively because of his awareness mm-hmm. um if you're going between Beasley and Prince so I you know I think that honestly in my eyes. I feel like I've underrated that pickup.
5: So did I until, I mean, cause he was, I remember I liked him in the beginning of his career and then he kind of was, was bad. Like he was, a, a, he shot a lot and didn't make a lot and he just wasn't what I thought he'd be. And and now maybe he's starting to, to turn that corner after he said, you know, he got his procedures that he was waiting on kind of thing. But Man, I was really impressed with the little bit I saw him. I mean, not even, not his stats, but just, like, watching him on the court. I was like, oh, man, he's, like, he's covering a lot of space. Like, mm-hmm. he was he was doing things that McDaniels does, you know, and almost, like, interchangeably. And I'm like, that would be fun to have both of those.
1: Mm-hmm. Limit, limited minutes, but uh, you, were, you were talking about stats for Torian Prince. He did shoot 41% from three last year. Yeah. So we got to remember that, and I guess only forty percent from the field. But obviously, he was hurt a lot last season. But let let's go let's go this way. Um, so if the Wolves are going to make a return, kind of to the postseason, or who who's going to be the biggest key? Like who 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 does it fall on? Is it going to be is it going to be delo making shots? Is it going to be a cat doing his thing? Is going to be Ant or is it someone else? Uh, we'll we'll start with you, Jared. What do you think?
2: Uh, I think this team one hundred percent goes with uh, goes goes with the beat that Delo brings um delo is is the one hundred percent the x factor on this team um some people might say, you know what Delo is gonna bring, you know what Ant's gonna bring, you know what cat's gonna bring and choose a role player, but Delo has that ice in his veins game on the line uh clutch factor for me anyways, but um, outside of like those three big guys, I think the key guy in this in, is the guy we just talked about is Torian Prince. If he stays on this team, um, I think he has a lot of ability to fill a hole that we have, you know, at, at, the three, the three slash four, um, I think he can play heavy minutes, um, coming out of Baylor. Uh, this was a guy I loved. I remember watching him in college and his game kind of didn't translate to the NBA, um, he was kind of like a super athlete that just like didn't really have a whole lot going for him. Um, But he started shooting well, Um, like like we just mentioned, he, he shot 40, 40 plus percent from three. Um, I mean, I think that, that his role on this team fits what we are trying to do. We're trying to play fast. We're trying to shoot threes. We're we're trying to play a little bit of defense, not much, just a little bit. But (laughs) at the end of the day, when the game's on, when the game's on the line, uh, I want the ball in delo's hands, and I, I trust the ball in delo's hands at the end of the game, which is crazy when you have a talent like Cat. Um, it's crazy to say, but but Delo is the guy that is going to make this team beat this year.
3: What do you think, Leroy? Um, so this is – I'm actually – just a, 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 a point. I'm actually on the other side. I think Ant – I want to see – all right, so delo came into the Lakers, and I forgot who his coach was, but I think – Uh, whoever his coach was, decided to run him at the two more often because Delo's actually super talented when it comes to, you know, getting open and running play sets. He's super smart, great passer. And um, so I'd like to see the Wolves do more of that. I want to see the ball in Ant's hands. I want to see, like, every team's doing it. You don't take the ball out of your best player's hands, especially when he's a wing player. So mm-hmm. for me, I really want to see the ball in Ant's hands a lot. I don't want to see us making the mistake that we did with Levine and Wiggins, which was we took the ball out of their hands. We didn't have them running PNRs. We, they never really developed their their handle or their um, passing abilities. And, you know, lo and behold, five years later, they all of a sudden they're like, yeah, actually we got to have Wiggins run the PNR. And, you know, in one offseason he looked a, a little better, right? So I want to see Ant. Just run it. I know he's going to run it a bunch. So it's really kind of a moot point. You know, he's going to have it. They're both going to have it. But for for me to get to the point, um, it's really, I'm really interested to see what Jalen Noel does this year. I'm really interested to see what Jordan McLaughlin does this year. These are two guys that I think both have special talent. Like Jordan is unbelievably efficient. Like he is one of the most efficient guards in the league in terms of assist to turnover ratio, um, his assist percentage for his minutes is, like, astronomical. It's insane. Like, he – I forget what it is, but it's a very low uh, – you know, he's got low minutes, low usage, and his assist percentage is ridiculous.
5: Because um, he played with Nas.
3: Right. right. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, when Nas is rolling, I mean, anybody looks good. But um, And then Jalen is just – I think these guys in the second unit – and that's really, in, like, encouraged me this, uh, this preseason. This second unit has been killing it. They've been really giving teams a lot of problems. Um, so I'm excited. I think the second unit is going to be – kind of to, to cheat the answer, the second unit is going to be the most important player. <laughs> but um, specifically, I think it's going to be um, – you know Jalen Noel slash Jordan McLaughlin I want to see these guys I mean obviously the stars are going to be this and that's the thing Ant's going to be Ant Cat's going to be Cat Delo's going to be Delo these I don't I don't expect these guys to have a hiccup year out of nowhere right like mm-hmm. I feel like Ant can give you 22 23 24 25 in his sleep you know Cat same thing Delo same thing so um yeah mm-hmm. uh Chris go ahead
5: um, just to piggyback on Leroy a little bit there, uh, at Ohio State, um, DeAndre Russell played to guard he played with almost all his minutes with, a with, a I think a fifth year senior, fourth year senior point guard who kind of, uh, stirred the drink and just let Delo be the, uh, you know, the splash who would, you know, they'd get it to him and he'd still make good passing, still make good shots, still make good plays, but, um, my guy is, because I, my guy is Jaden McDaniels. Um, I think he is either going to be good or going to be nothing. Like, I'm afraid that, not nothing, I'm afraid that he's going to be Tory and Prince long term for whatever that's worth, good or bad. Like, that's a very real possibility if he doesn't take a step up um, we've been all wanting it and we're seeing these flashes, but, and, and there's not a lot of room for him to eat. I know because so much is being taken up, but he's going to have to find his own way in that starting lineup or as maybe a focal point in the second unit, if he gets kind of, you know, cause obviously they don't, it's not like a hockey where you shift the whole line, but I think he needs to assert himself as, no, I I also am somebody. Um, Because it's very possible right now that he's going to fade into the background and just be a guy who hits some corner shots and, you know, plays decent D. And that's fine, you know, and you'll have a long career doing that. But I want to see him take that next step where it's like, holy cow, we now have another legit near all-star type talent coming up, you know, coming up. So we'll see, but that's my guy. I'm afraid that Jalen Noel and McLaughlin are going to be getting about eight minutes a game. Yeah. Because I mean, most rosters go eight or nine man deep, you know, and just when you start counting off guys, he's, you know, McLaughlin's not playing over Beverly, you know, Mm. not, I mean, and how many minutes is D'Lo not going to play? You know, so I mean, just adding n- numbers. There's not much left,
1: right? Uh, Jared, go ahead.
2: I want to bring up just a, a random question. It's not on our outline. Uh, we kind of follow an outline when we do our shows, but um, I want to pull the room. Uh, what do you guys think if, if Beasley is stuck on this team? I don't, I don't, I don't know if stuck's the right word, but um, if Beasley is on this team, what do you think his role should be? Should he start? Should he come off the bench? I'm more in the uh, let him be the flamethrower guy off the bench and let him shoot kind of guy. But I kind of want to pull the room because I feel like if if we are at a point where Beasley's on this team, what do we want to do with him? Because I feel like he was a lot of our uh, trade value assets.
1: Yeah, um, I, uh, I'll i go first on this one. I think particularly you got to have um, – let's see yeah I, th- I think you got to have a shooter off the bench and I don't know if the Wolves really have a uh, quantified shooter uh off the bench and I I see him coming off the bench and being that six-man uh defensive-minded kind of player so yeah I will go I'll go off the bench Donovan what do you think
4: so the the issue with Malik Beasley is when you put him with the second team, unless you have a guy like Ant or D'Lo with him, he can't create for himself. And I guess we've kind of seen it a little bit more in the preseason of him trying to go off the bounce more. But if you go look at his advanced stats numbers, he's a really low percentile, like league average or below league average when he's on the pick and roll when he's on the drive like he's almost ex- exclusively like a catch and shoot guy maybe take a bounce and take a shot. So that's my biggest issue and we saw it last year when he w- when we would stagger him with the second team and he was supposed to be the guy that kept them going, that kept the offense afloat, they would struggle with that when you wouldn't have a guy like D'Lo or Ant or somebody that can actually handle and create offensively. So that that would be my concern with Beasley there, but if you can stagger him with Delo or something, I mean, all, by all means, throw him out there as our sixth man.
1: Mm-hmm. Chris, go ahead.
5: Uh, and, I, and I think that last point you had was you nailed it. Um, and what it comes down to it is what is what does Beasley give you if he's not making shots? Like if he's not and not even making shots, taking shots. Like literally nothing. Like nothing at all. So. What I think I heard Finch say, or somebody say, he said, was they think that Dilo will probably be the first sub out of the game. Beasley will be the first one in, so now it'll be Beasley playing with those guys. And then, when some of those guys are subbing out, some of the guys like Ant, Ant and uh, and whoever, Cat, whoever, that's when Dilo comes back in. And now you've got D'Lo and Beasley. So, I mean, starter, I mean, just like they say it's positionless um, it's starting to get where starters don't matter. Like, just give me the minutes. I want, I think he needs 25 minutes, you know? And I think, like you said, it needs to be with somebody that can also play, you know, he can't, you know, the, the luxury of having, you know, Anthony Edwards and D'Lo both being ball handlers is they don't, they, they should never not have one of those on the field, on the court, you know, like mm-hmm. out of Anthony, Anthony Edwards, or well, even with Beasley, out of Beasley, Anthony Edwards, Cat and D'Lo, we should have two of those at all times. Like that's a really nice luxury. Those are two, you should have two 20 point scorers on the court all the time at all times. And maybe at the end of the game, if Beasley can get back into his, you know, how he was last year, we could maybe have four 20 point scorers on the. I mean, it's possible.
1: Mm-hmm. Leroy, what do you think?
3: Hey, this is a really hard one for me. I think you guys just made really great points. Um, I love Beasley's energy. And so there's no real, there's no wrong answer here for sure because you put him in as a starter. He, 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 has the team in the right energetic state come from the get-go, right? And I I think that's important. Coming out flat's a real thing, uh, especially coming out flat when you're a team that has had, like, focus and energy problems in the past. Mm. Um, that's a real thing. And having someone come in, set the tone, who's excited to get shots up. I mean, you guys remember those games that Beasley played. We, there was a, a number of them when it was electric from, from the jump. Yeah. And I think that's valuable. Um, yeah, so I, I can go either way. I honestly I, I can't answer the question because the other side of it is you you know I McDaniel's does is a better decision maker. Uh, McDaniel's is uh, a better ball handler. <laughs> McDaniel's is a better defender. I mean, yeah. So I, it's tough. It's a really tough question. And I think okay. you know having a disciplined team off the bats also important. So. <laughs> I'm just
5: worried about where the shots are going to come from for him in the starting lineup.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so I think we're going to put an exclamation point on it there uh, on that tough question. Um, we've got about an hour. So I think, I uh, think, uh, I think we're going to end it there. Donovan, Thanks so much for joining us this week.
4: Thanks for having me. I love talking about wolves. Can't wait for the season.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We'll for sure. Have you back Leroy. Thanks so much. It's been great, guys. I really
3: appreciate it. I'm excited for everything you guys are putting out. Keep it yeah, going. yeah, no, it's it's fun, and
1: we'll for sure have you back on as the season progresses. Um, right on, right on. Uh, and uh, Chris, thanks so much.
5: Yeah, let's uh, let's do it. Maybe every single week. How about that?
1: Sure, <laughs> we can we can do that. We can do that. And uh, Jared, as
2: always. Yeah, you know, I I just want to give out a, a message to our listeners. Whether whether it's uh, on Spotify or on YouTube, we're gonna probably try and shoot for Tuesday or Friday uh, weekly podcasts. Um, we're gonna be here every single week talking vlogs. So if you love what we're putting out and you love listening to us, thanks for being here, first of all. But uh, going forward, uh, look for Tuesdays and Fridays um, for show recordings. Uh, we'll be here.
1: Absolutely. And this is the Everything's Coming Up Timberwolves podcast. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe on YouTube and follow us on Spotify so you never miss an episode. And as always, go Wolves.
5: That's right.